Welcome to the Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of the Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with God's concern for the poor as we pick up in Psalm chapter 41, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Let us turn at this time in our Bibles to Psalm 41. This is another one of the Psalms that begins with a beatitude. The very first Psalm begins with a beatitude, blessed is the man. Here again, blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. Now the Bible has much to say about God's concern and God's interest with the poor. And God is constantly exhorting us in his word that we should be concerned for the poor, that we should seek to help the poor. It is biblical that our concern should be for the poor. In fact, there is a scripture that says, he that lendeth to the poor lendeth to the Lord. So if ever you want to loan the Lord anything, go out and find a poor person and lend them some money. Not looking really for a return from them, but just looking to the Lord to return it to you because really you're lending to the Lord and he actually pays fantastic interest. (laughs) Blessed is he who considers the poor. One of the blessings the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Secondly, the Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing, thou wilt make all of his bed in his sickness. Now, It is an interesting thing that the psalmist speaks of God in such a personal kind of a way. If you have been generous towards the poor, if you've been interested in giving to the poor, among other things, God will take care of you when you're sick in bed. Now, this is an interesting concept concerning God and is certainly far from the pagan concepts of their gods. Can you imagine uh, this being said of Jove or of Jupiter or of, of Buddha or whatever, that he'll take care of you when you're sick in bed? And yet we think of God in these beautiful, intimate kind of relationships of even watching over us when we are sick when we are languishing on our bed, taking care of us. Now, this is the first part of the psalm, the first three verses, declaring really the interest, the concern, and the blessedness if we'll just take care of the poor, the interest we should have, the concern for the poor. Now he turns to his own case. And he said, I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die 
and his name perish. This is what his enemies were saying. When's he going to die? When's he going to perish? And if he comes to see me, he speaks emptiness. His heart gathereth iniquity to himself, and when he goeth abroad, he tells it. He comes and he, and he sort of, you know, interrogates me or he acts and very friendly, gets me to confide in him, and then he goes out and tells everything that I've confided. And, and uh, all that hate me whisper together against me, and they seek to devise my hurt. They say, an evil disease cleaves fast to him. And now he is lying down, he's not going to rise again. As the psalmist is crying out his woe, in the next verse, actually, he utters a prophecy concerning Jesus Christ and his betrayal by Judas Iscariot. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. In the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John, verse 18, Jesus quotes this verse as referring to Judas Iscariot and the betrayal by one of his own followers. So it is interesting that as the psalmist is speaking of his own position, that suddenly he lapses over into prophecy and speaks to the Lord. But thou, Lord, be merciful unto me, raise me up that I may requit them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy doth not triumph over me. And as for me, you uphold me in mine integrity, and you set me before thy face forever. And the psalm closes with a benediction, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting and to everlasting, amen and amen. Now this is the end of the first book of psalms. There are actually five books of psalms. Some of the old Bible scholars see in the five books of psalms sort of a sequel to the five books of Moses, the five books of the Pentateuch. In the five books of the Pentateuch, you find God speaking unto man, giving the laws, and establishing the covenant with man. In the Psalms, they see in the five Psalms the sequel to the Pentateuch, only it is now man expressing himself to God in his worship and his praise and all. Whether or not they are, can actually be tied together, the five books of the Psalms with the five books of the Pentateuch is, you know, a thing for theologians to worry about. We don't need to concern ourselves with it. However, each of the books of the Psalm do end with a benediction similar to what we have here. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. So we enter now in chapter in Psalm 42 into the second book of the Psalms. And as a heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Jesus said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Here the psalmist is expressing his desire for God. 
As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so pants my soul after thee, O God. Jesus cried out, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he who drinks of the water that I give out of his innermost being, there shall flow rivers of living water. There is within every man a thirst for God. Down deep, inside of every man, there is that thirsting after a meaningful relationship with God. Now, this thirst is like being hungry sometimes and not knowing exactly what you're hungry for. Your body chemistry is trying to tell you <laughs> that it's needing some particular chemical. Maybe it's in enchiladas <laughs> or maybe it's in ravioli. But you're hungry for something and you can't quite pinpoint what you're hungry for. And so as a result, you're eating everything. <laughs> trying to find out, what am I hungry for? And nothing seems to satisfy. Nothing seems to fit my particular hunger. Sometimes the hunger is a little indistinguishable, even as the thirst often is indistinguishable in that I know that I'm lacking. I know that I need something more. I know that life must have something more than what I have yet experienced. There must be more to life than this. In reality, way down deep inside, my spirit is thirsting after God and a meaningful relationship with God. Now it is amazing the many things by which people seek to satisfy this thirst. Look at the world around you in which we live and you see people trying to satisfy this spiritual thirst by all kinds of experiences, physical experiences, emotional experiences. And so often, as they are pursuing after one of their immediate goals, their idea is, if I can just attain, if I can just achieve, it's going to satisfy. And oh, they become evangelists for this particular little deal that they're in right now because, oh, this is it. This is going to satisfy. This is going to bring to me all that I'm looking for in life. And they're running down the trail. But when they get to the end of the trail, they find it's empty, just like everything else. And so they're looking for another path to follow. They're running here. They're running there. They've got a thirst. They're trying to satisfy that thirst, but they don't know where. They don't know how. Jesus, when he talked to the woman of Samaria there at the well, he said to her, if you drink of this water, you're going to thirst again. Now, you should inscribe that verse over every earthly ambition that you have, over every worldly pursuit. Go ahead, drink of it, but you're going to thirst again. You're not going to find the real satisfaction 
that your heart is yearning for until you find God and a meaningful relationship with God. Now, it is a wise man and it is a blessed man who is able to define the thirst and know that it is a thirst for God and comes then into a meaningful relationship with God. God is the one that's planted the thirst there. And only God can satisfy that thirst. And so the psalmist, identifying as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they, that is my enemies, continually say unto me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Now here the psalmist is talking to himself. And sometimes talking to yourself can be a very healthy thing. There is a form of talking to yourself that is not healthy. <laughs> but here the psalmist is saying, Hey, soul, why are you cast down? Why are you disquieted in me? Why am I depressed? Why am I discouraged? Why do I feel so miserable? Now, a lot of people just get depressed and they just think, well, I'm depressed today, and they just go on in their depression rather than talking to themselves and talking yourself out of it. You can actually talk yourself out of depression, out of discouragement, out of defeat. So many times we're talking ourselves into it. Oh, nobody's ever had it as bad as I have it. This is the worst that ever happened to anybody in the whole world, you know. No one's ever faced anything like this. And, and we just, you know, languish in our own sorrows. But the psalmist said, Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? And then he gave his soul some advice. Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now, he's saying, all right, now don't get discouraged. Hope in God. God's on the throne. And that's when we get discouraged, when we forget that fact. You must not forget that God is ruling. God is on the throne. When I forget that, and I look at the world, I think it's no use. <laughs> when our little girl was in first grade, just learning to write, we came home one day, and there was a note that says, it's no use, I've run away. <laughs> and sometimes we feel that way. It's no use, we want to run. It's because we've forgotten that God is on the throne. God is ruling over all. Oh, I will, I will be the first to admit that things are beyond man's control. I mean, this ship is sinking fast. 
It's out of man's hands. But God still reigns. God still rules. He's still on the throne. And that is my only hope today. And thus, when I start looking at the whole world scene, when I start reading what's going on, and I start getting all disquieted and upset, I have to say, hey, what's the matter, soul? Why are you so disquieted? Well, you fool, can't you read the papers? Don't you know what's happening? <laughs> yeah, but hope thou in God, for he is yet going to deliver. God is yet going to work. God is in control. And I'm glad about that, I'll tell you. Oh, my God, and here's an honest confession, my soul is cast down within me. It's important that you be honest with God. You're never going to deceive him. You're never going to fool him. And, and if you're upset, confess it. Be honest with God. Oh, God, my soul is disquieted within me. There are some people who say, well, how is everything going? Oh, great, just great, 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 you know. But in reality, they're just covering because things are going horribly. And they're really upset. They're at their wit's end. They don't know what to do. And yet they put up a good front. And, and we sometimes carry this over with God. But it's best to be honest with God. God... I'm so upset. My soul's disquieted. It's cast down. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and from the Hermonites and from the small hill. Deep calleth unto deep. At the noise of thy water spouts, all the waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. And so though it seems like I'm being overwhelmed, the billows of grief and sorrow and, and trouble are just overflowing me, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me. There are many references in the scripture to songs in the night. A couple of years ago, I was back in Pennsylvania speaking in some special services back there, and I got hold of some bad tuna that they serve for dinner, and I got food poisoning. And after the service that night, when I came back to my room, I was sick. Oh, I was sick. I couldn't sleep. Just, my stomach was just churning, burning, crazy food poisoning. And as I lay there in, in misery, a beautiful chorus, worship chorus, came to me. I'd never heard it before. It was just inspiration, just a song of worship and praise to the Lord. And I started to sing it. And I sang it over and over and over again, a song in the night of worship, of praise, of thanksgiving to the Lord. 
And I thought, oh, that's a beautiful chorus. I better get up and write it down. I can maybe slip downstairs and pick out the tune on the piano and write it down because, oh, I don't want to forget this. I want to teach this to everybody. Oh, such a neat chorus to worship the Lord, you know. And I thought, well, if, if I were plunking on the piano at this hour of the morning and I should awaken my host, they'd think I was crazy or something. Maybe I better not go downstairs. But really, I was too sick to get out of bed and, and, and turn on the light and write the thing down. So I just kept singing it over and over. And I thought, oh, no, I'll never forget this. This is just beautiful. And I finally sang myself to sleep. In the morning when I awakened, I was healed. The Lord had touched me. I was feeling fine, except that I couldn't remember the chorus. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study, the book of Psalms, on our next broadcast, as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 41 through 42 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord watch over you as you go. May His hand be upon your life for good. May the Lord bless you and strengthen you fill you with his Holy Spirit that you might walk in his love. May your life be as a light shining in a dark place. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Through the course of the years, you, our radio listeners, have provided us with valuable feedback as to what has impacted you the most, or what has moved you spiritually in your walk with God. So it's with great pleasure that The Word for Today is pleased to offer you a collection of all-time favorites entitled Pastor Chuck Smith's Most Requested Bible Studies. These messages were selected from thousands of studies that were recorded live at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa over the past 40 years. They represent the very best Bible studies by Pastor Chuck Smith. Every message is dynamic. 
and filled with rich insights as Pastor Chuck expounds upon relevant issues on a variety of topics related to the Christian faith. This series will strengthen and inspire you to diligently study the Word of God and apply it to your life. You can order a copy of Pastor Chuck's most requested Bible studies available on MP3 by calling the Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org. 